Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our host, Evan Roars Dodge, shares practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, and through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Hope for the Agora, our podcast where we have conversations about issues pertinent to the church and mental wellness. And I am really excited today to talk to Tara McDaniel. Tara, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm really uh, eager to speak to you about uh, about your ministry about and about your new book, which I'm holding a copy of in my hand. The title is Hopeful Lament. Tending Our Grief Through Spiritual Practices. So Tara, could you introduce yourself and maybe by way of introduction, offer a few words about this book? Uh, what was the impetus for writing it? And, um, and of course, in our conversation, we're going to be talking about your book too, but uh, give our listeners a little teaser about okay. your book. Absolutely. So, so I'm Tara McDaniel. Uh, I am in Austin, Texas, uh, here with my family, my my husband, our two little rescue dogs, and about ten minutes away is my uh, daughter and her husband and their twin uh, children who just turned a year old. Um, and so that's just lovely. Uh, lots lots of joy uh, in in, um, in our households uh, around their their precious lives. Um, and I, um, you know, I came to this work, um, as I think many people do most to who, who engaged subjects like grief, like lament, uh, like tending to mental health and mental wellness, uh, through pain, through loss, through suffering, through upheaval. Um, so around a decade ago, uh, it's a little more than that now, um, uh, my family endured a series of upheavals, series of losses that included um, a threat of violence to my daughter. It included uh, business uh, upheaval and loss for and 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 ch- ch- challenge to reputation to my husband, and it and it sort of culminated in uh, a loss of community with our church and a, a catastrophic house fire. And so on the other side, all of these kind of happened in a period of uh, 18 months to two years. And so, uh, you know, sort of recovering from that in the short term and over time uh, required um, required learning what lament is and how to practice it. And what I discovered um, pretty quickly is that the, the my own faith and the church community around me um, was really um, 
resistant to staying with grief over time in a way that's healthy and necessary and needed. And so, so this book has really come from hard won experience. Um, and, and, and my hope is that it is permission for grief, um, for, and more tools, um, you know, for how to actually engage it. Um, I'll, the last thing I'll say sort of by teaser and, and, and introduction is I spent many years in, in, uh, in, uh, pastoral ministry and, uh, and my work now is, is around, uh, teaching it's around writing and I offer spiritual direction or soul companionship with adults and also with children. And, and, and that, um, encompasses, uh, grieving and it also encompasses a lot of joy in life and just sitting with them in those kind of conversations. All to say, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Oh, Tara, that's uh, really appreciate that. I'm as I'm looking at your book. There's a there's a section from the introduction uh, that I'd like to uh, to read, and then use that as maybe a launching point for a, a deeper discussion on lament. Great. So this is um, uh, on page. Let me see how quickly I can translate Roman numerals. <laughs> right? Who does page, that anymore? Page seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you say this, Tara, lament refuses to bury pain or just as dangerous to give in to despair. It is an ancient practice lost in many modern contexts, at least among grown-ups who feel awkward wailing in public. It's essential to embrace in a season of abundant loss and pain. Grief is sometimes framed as negativity or immature faith, but it is vital to be present to sorrow before healing can be sustainable. I think that is as powerful a few lines as I've read anything in a while. And uh, so, uh, uh, Tara, with that paragraph in mind, I'm going to ask you two questions. Can you give us a, a, a kind of a working biblical definition of lament? And secondly, why do you think that there is in our modern context such uncomfortability with lament? Why does that seem to be absent in so many Christians' lives and in our public life together when we have a whole book of the Bible, you know, that is that deals with with laments? And so if it's a core part of the biblical tradition, why is it missing in so many modern contexts? Yeah, yeah. So, great, great questions. Um, and so, yeah, so so what is lament? Lament is um it's it's not it's not an emotion it's a spiritual practice and it is one that allows breathing room it, it around it 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 allows embodied soul mind spirit practice that that allows grief to be processed um, and sometimes that happens with uh, a, a sole human being and God, and sometimes it happens in families and and in communities and needs to. And you know, what, once you start looking for it in the Bible and in church history, that it's 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 woven throughout. Uh, you, as you mentioned, you know, there's a whole whole book of the Bible uh, devoted to it. Uh, many scholars believe that Job is the oldest book of the Bible, um, and 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 so it's 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 telling. It's fitting that the subject God wanted to to be in conversation with humans about first 
was about suffering and suffering that seems to be unfair or undeserved. Um, it's in the it's in the the story of the nativity, you know, Rachel weeping, refusing to be comforted uh, with the uh, the the children that Herod had murdered. Um, it's in so many places. So so um, and it's uh, I am convinced, and I have lived this this reality that it's a gift that God gives us. Um, it's, you know, it's right to celebrate, it's right to worship, it's right to have gratitude. Um, and, you know, in a fallen, in a broken world, uh, like the one we're living in, we, and it's undeniable, right, um, that there, there must be ways to process pain um, and to bring our worries, our concerns, our losses before the throne of grace. And that's what lament is. Um, and and to your your second question, if all of that is true, then why are we so bad at it? Why are we so resistant in much of the church? Um, and, and I'll say I'll say <laughs> a couple of things. Um, there, particularly among marginalized communities, lament hasn't been lost because it wasn't an option, right? Um, and, and so part of our work as more uh, more privileged or um, part of more privileged communities as as I am is to learn from, is to listen, is to become a learner, is to become a student uh, for communities who haven't lost it to the extent that much of the uh, much of the church, much of the Western church has. Um, and then. Beyond that, um, I think there are a host of reasons why we're so bad at it. And part of it is um, we, rather than being people of of the book and people of of uh, you know of of church history, we we are are like more like the culture around us in this respect. In that. Uh, we buy into individualism, you know, that it's just about me and God. And, and we buy into this idea of sort of bootstrapping faith that where we're going to power of positive thinking ourselves into growth, into, you know, goodness, into praise. Um, we are, we're uncomfortable with, um, with weakness, with loss, um, and and as you know, as as you read in that paragraph, it's framed as you know as negativity. Lament is, grief is, uh, you know, mental illness is. It's framed as negativity. It's framed as weakness. It's framed as uh, as as lack of faith in God, and those things, um, you know. They're pretty rampant in the church, um, unfortunately, and and it is precisely in those places that the church needs to be the church. Um, uh, I don't know if it's more now than ever, uh, but a little bit more now than ever. You know, with you know, on the heels of of lingering impacts of the pandemic, uh, the the. the American society, I'm getting the name wrong, but uh, uh, a number of organizations related to children's wellness have declared a mental health emergency, um, and that's ongoing. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're just so, yeah. So let me pause there and say, um, 
we're bad at it for a host of reasons. And, and there is a not subtle invitation in the world right now to, to relearn these things. Thank you, Tara. And as a, um, you know, as a local church pastor, I can uh, resonate with some of what you shared. Um, yeah. That, that I, I haven't, I haven't necessarily encountered resistance to lament, but some uncomfortability, but then a total lack of of knowledge of it. Yes. So it yes. is something that I think has been lost in our our corporate spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tara, I I want to connect lament, or or rather have have you connect lament, um, to another word in the title of the book. And that's grief. Yes. So the the title, hopeful lament, tending our grief through spiritual practices. How do lament and grief intersect? Mm. So so grief is the experience of pain, loss, sorrow. Uh, it is the and the emotions connected to to those things, and lament is the giving voice to it's the enacting of grief it's it's the it's the spiritual practice of letting grief um come into the light be spoken be sung be lived so that it doesn't stay stuck inside of us which is what happens when we avoid lament yeah um Tara, I'm I'm looking at the end of the introduction, and uh, lest um, well, I love that you quote Jan Richardson. Uh, she's she's fantastic, and is, oh, she's, she's wonderful. She's a fellow. She's a fellow United Methodist, so I appreciate mm-hmm. her. Um, uh, Tara, the 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 last paragraph there, you kind of move to, uh, you know, uh, the, the a a hopeful aspect of lament. Or mm-hmm. uh, let me let me just read the paragraph. Uh, mm-hmm. Lament is surprisingly hopeful. As strange as that may sound now, it's I promise it's true. It's an act of trust, both that we can face pain and survive, and that God cares about our anger, confusion, doubt, grief, and fear. And when we're not stuck suppressing or spiraling in grief, we're freed up to act for goodness and freedom and justice. Um so that you know, after crucifixion, there's resurrection, right? There's this right. joy comes right. with the morning. There's this biblical precept for that, and yet I've found Tara, and I, I, I trust this resonates with you from what you shared. I think it will. That mm-hmm. the tendency is to rush right through it to get to the other side, without yes. experiencing what it is in that dark yet liminal space of yes. of grief. Um, that we're meant to experience as painful as it may be in the moment. Uh, but but rushing through it can cause uh, significant problems, you know, uh, without yes. tending it. So so let's move to that that tending piece because that's what I hear in that of of mm-hmm. of yes, trusting in the promise. if if someone is in the middle of grief right now and is uh, you know is lamenting uh, that that you know that, a new dawn does come, but yet we need to linger in the moment. And so how do we, how do we do that work of tending, tending our grief through lament? What might that look like? And then, you know, I I know we'll move into some conversation about best practices because I'm sure that ties in, but how does one stay in that space? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So such an important question. And, and, 
I, I, I'll say a couple of things. One is that as I, you know, talk with people about lament um, or an invitation to lament, I almost, I, I very consistently hear two responses. One is, oh, thank goodness. And the second is, I don't think I know how to do that. Um, and so, and so, you know, nor did I, right? And so, so just know if if that's where you if that's where you are, listener, you're not alone, and there's hope. Um, the other thing is how do how do you slow down? How do you stop? It starts as strange as it may sound. It may start uh, well. First, it starts with permission. Second, um, it may start with not diving in headfirst, but but stopping to get the lay of the land and even staying with gratitude or even staying with thank you god that there you know that this silver lining exists because that can make breathing room for um, not going into those dark places perhaps too quickly um, and all, I, I say all of that to say another way of, of, of saying this idea is pace yourself Gr uh, grief is often, um, you know, it often needs to unfold over time, particularly if it's a significant loss or it's, or if it's like, like my experience where it's not just one thing, but, but, but several, um, pacing and safety is really important. And this is very connected to, to mental wellness of, of, um, letting your body know, letting your soul and spirit know, that there, that that um, there's enough, there's enough uh, to to be okay, and then it's simply permission. It's it's allowing grief to be what it is, um, meaning um, it's going to come out in different ways. It needs to be articulated. It can become a prayer. It might not start as a prayer. It might start as as fist shaking and anger and. You know, you know, all, all sorts of emotions that may be surprising. And to that end, I, I mentioned anger. Um, oftentimes when I, when I lead groups in kind of lament practices together, what, what, what I hear almost every time is they came to such a workshop, obviously expecting to encounter sadness and, and even tears and things like that. But they're often surprised by anger as well. And that's so connected with grief for, for, for many people. And, and, and I think that's because, um, you know, loss and brokenness, there's something in us that remembers um, that remembers the garden, that remembers that that knows um, that illness and death and injustice and oppression aren't aren't what we're meant to live with. And so, and so, you know, and so oftentimes anger will be connected there. And so making room for all of that and making room for it with others, you know, being willing to stay with people in, you know, in their grief as it is without rushing them to praise or thanks or what's next or healing. Thank you, Tara. We're going to take a short break here on Hope for the Agora, and I'll be right back with my guest, Tara McDaniel. Thank you for joining our podcast. As you know, Agora Network Ministries offers the Agora Academy, uh, various educational opportunities to help you learn about 
the issues surrounding mental health. One of the most acclaimed programs that we offer is Building Resilience, and it's designed for anyone who wants to learn about mental health, develop coping skills, and has a desire to improve your own life or lives of others. And it requires no previous training at all or expertise. So Building Resilience is a six-week live stream and interactive course that is offered three times a year, spring, fall, and winter. Each week, you will meet and explore the weekly topic along with engaging discussion and experiential learning to help you connect theories and knowledge learned in the course to real-world situations. And it is led by our great friend, Laura Bruno, who is a registered psychotherapist. You are going to really appreciate it and enjoy it as many others have. So it begins January 24 at 7 p.m. Be sure to go over to the Agora Network Ministries website, agoranetworkministries.com, hit Agora Academy, find Building Resilience Course, and sign up there. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Now, back to our program with Evan Roars Dodge. So Tara, in your book, you have uh, at the end of each chapter is a section on a particular practice. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, you go into, um, you know, grief work. Uh, I, I thought the chapter on trauma and the courage to lament uh, was was really powerful. Uh, lamenting when community is toxic, grieving together, children and loss, finding yes. the way through lament. So um, all important treatments uh, in this great book. And then a practice at the end of each chapter. So I would like to have some conversation about practices. Yeah. Um, what are some, you know, with an eye toward a community of faith flourishing you know, holistically, mm -hmm. with a particular eye toward mental wellness, what are some practices that a church community could engage in uh, around lament and grief? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll I'll start by saying um, I I am speaking as uh, as a pastor and a teacher and a spiritual director, not a therapist. Um, I, and personally, I have my own spiritual director and I have a therapist, and I'm thankful for both in different ways. Right. And so, um, you know, so so letting that, uh, I think talking about that as leaders um, is uh, can be empowering uh, for church members to to know that uh, it doesn't mean you're really broken or really bad or something's wrong if you're if you're going to therapy that kind of thing, um, but but as far as as lamenting in community, you know, again, the, the examples are there in scriptures. You mentioned the book of Lamentations. Um, those, those are much of that book is a communal lament. Israel is, 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 is crying aloud, wailing aloud. And that, that idea of wailing is not merely tears. It is actually, uh, a lament cry, um, that, um, that was that was common in the ancient world, um, and often it would be put to song. Um, it was it was a, 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 a hymn of mourning, um, and so so that so lament for us in community can look like um, really embodied things. It can look like singing songs of mourning together. It can look like um, writing your your own laments and and hearing them together. 
Um, it can be things like tearing practices. Uh, I find tearing practices really, um, really empowering for many. I, I, I practice them myself. Um, and so, and, and so that can look like tearing cloth. It can look like tearing paper, um, and, and experiencing that together and, and, um, uh, and I'll say about, about all of these practices, as many senses as we can get um, connected to the practice together. So, it, so with respect to tearing, there's the, there's the, um, the visceral feeling of it. There's the tension, you know, being released when, when the paper or cloth is torn. And then there's the, the feel of the cloth. There's the sounds that you hear. Um, and, and there's something, um, oh, there's something uh, profoundly moving about engaging those kinds of practices together that, um, that again, let me underline safety again, it can bring up a lot for people. And so, and so safety and, um, and, uh, and pacing remain important. And there, um, whatever lament practice uh, that's engaged to have a time of processing after where we say, how was that for you? What surprised you? And give room for people to engage those kinds of questions. What do you need? How is God present to you? Or how do you want to ask God to be present to your grief um, and in the days ahead? What else needs to happen? You know, what next? Is it another conversation? Is it you know what? Uh, is it taking a walk, or or eating a piece of chocolate, or having a, a cup of tea? What? How can you take care of yourself, right? Um, so those are just some of the things that I would say. Thank you, Tara. And you know, when as you as you went into that conversation, one of the things that you said it resonates with me, and is something that I've heard over and over and over again as I've hosted this podcast from people from a variety of disciplines and perspectives that just talking about it in public from the pastor or a ministry leader or offering an opportunity that alone does something to give permission to start to destigmatize to say uh, to, to it communicates that this is okay that we'll we'll sit with you in your grief things can be messy and uh, you know we can engage in difficult things together, and, and, and just offering that, I think, mm -hmm. it can can shift a whole church, mm -hmm. um, uh, just to make that available. So churches could maybe engage in this in a small group, um, in, in a in a sermon series, offering something tangible and practical to folks. Yes, I think is yes, is absolutely, important. absolutely, because you know because loss will come you know, for everyone at, at one time or another. And so yeah. to, to pave the way that there's permission to grieve and that we will not leave you in your grief. We will not leave you alone in your grief, but we will be a community around you. And, and the other, you know, absolutely sermon series, small group, uh, the, the, the church calendar has, has yes. uh, seasons that are really, um, uh, that invite, you know, uh, regular rhythms of making room for laments. Advent is actually one of them. It's that kind of darkness before dawn kind of season. Of course, of course, Lent before Easter as well um, are seasons yeah. where communities uh, 
um, can be invited to, to, to engage lament in a regular rhythm as part of faithfulness, as part of worship. Tara, you are singing my song. I am a big <laughs> believer in the Christian calendar year for many reasons, uh, not least of which is what you just articulated, that yes. it gives us rhythm for our yes. own lives and our own bodies, and it is holistic. It tends to body, soul, and spirit. That's and, right. Um, uh, so that's I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Tara, if folks want to purchase your book or connect with you, know more about uh, what you do, how can they, how can they find you and how can they get your book? Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on, uh, I have a, a website that is uh, simply my name. Tara is spelled T-E-R-R-A. Uh, uh, so it's just taramcdaniel.com. Um, so they can find me there. There's a link to, to the book there. It's also uh, most places you buy books. So it's on Amazon. It's on the InterVarsity Press website, christianbook.com, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. I'd love, to, I'd love uh, for as many people as possible to, to get connected with this hopeful, life-giving yeah. message. Um, and I'm on Instagram as well. That's a great place to connect with me too. And and it's and that's right. also simply my name. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure all those get put in the show notes, um, so that folks can access access that um, uh, easily. So, well, thank you, Tara, for this conversation. I want to thank uh, InterVarsity Press for a review copy of your book, so that we can have this conversation. And mm-hmm. I'm grateful for what you're doing, and for um, uh, hopefully those listeners who hear this will. Uh, have a have a new perspective and be able to embrace lament as they deal with grief, either, either of their own or in their ministry context. Thank you again, Tara. Mm, my pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you found it helpful and informative. We are always open to your comments and suggestions. You can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. You can also go to our website for resources, information, and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.